0: Uh, You might be listening to us on CFRC 1019 FM in Kingston or streaming on CFRC.ca or you're listening to us on one of your favorite podcast apps. Um, But wherever you come from, thank you for listening. Um, We're not 100% sure when this show, this episode is going to be airing. So, um, Tyler, just so you know, we can't say anything super dated.
1: Okay, gotcha. So, I, I just don't
0: know when this episode's coming up.
1: Uh, but I have no idea what day it is anyway. So, it's good. <laughs> oh,
0: we're good, So, we're, we're just in a point. And we're not talking Star Trek today. Sometimes people think, oh, the random episodes that they pre record, usually it's Star Trek. No, it's a regular episode. We got movies to review. Um, but, um, doing some advanced recordings. So, I don't know um, where this is. People are getting really upset, actually, about the fan questions. Um, because. <laughs> <laughs> I keep trying to slip fan questions into episodes, but it's all sporadically all over the place, and people are like, "Why is my question not being answered?" Um, and I do have a few left over that I was leaving for you, Tyler, to be on again because uh, they are Star Trek related, uh, and this will air before our Star Trek episode where we're going to have a debate, and there are some questions and thoughts from people on that. So I think we'll answer those questions today. Yeah, um, that sounds good to maybe... me. I've been
1: I've been getting ready. I've been I've been uh, been it's like making some fisticuffs at the mirror to get like myself uh, pumped up for our debate. I'm ready.
0: Yeah. How does one prepare for this? Um, that, that was, uh, that's a great question. Like, uh, so I assume, I know by this point, <laughs> it doesn't matter. You've probably watched these movies a million times, but I think you've done yeah. a rewatch of the two that we're going to be talking about.
1: Yeah, and actually, my like my uh, wife watched. Um, we also watched Generations, but she has like she's seen the show, but she had never watched mm. the movies. Um, so we watched Generations, and then we watched Nemesis together. And then um, she was out when I watched Insurrection. Um, okay, but we we didn't get to was like watch First Contact yet. We it was all out of order because I was trying to get Insurrection and Nemesis done. Yeah. in time like um, but now we can go back. We have a little bit more time, so we can go yes. back, and she can actually see the one actually like legitimately good. <laughs> TNG movie.
0: <laughs> well, I, I, uh, yeah, I also ran out of time and, and just hadn't had time to rewatch them. So I, I, for whatever reason, because, uh, well, you'll understand, no one else will. Instead of watching the two movies, I, I also put on Generations First. Mm-hmm. yeah like i'll watch the four in order that's <laughs> exactly that what i thought i was gonna it. do yeah <laughs> even though like logically we'll just watch the two movies you're going to talk about but no 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 you we gotta gonna do wa- gotta watch all four
1: yeah it's like and so i yeah i put on generation so like, this will be great and then the week was like going away i'm like maybe i'll just watch insurrection tonight was like uh while i'm alone and then we can watch nemesis tomorrow and that's like and then uh and then you ended up saying it's like yeah we had to push it back so then i was like oh well, now we can just go back and do it right.
0: <laughs> now you can do it right exactly, which yeah. is watching them in order, all four of them. Um, yeah. yeah, and it's now. The, you you've, did you tell your wife about um, about how for generations they were filming the final episode and that movie at the same time?
1: I did tell her that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> just think about it. What's What's funny about it is that like everything is like similar but like mm. with movie lighting like they just the lighting is obviously superior to the show <laughs> and and it's so funny to watch it's just like it's like the enterprise d just like dropped a few it's like like tones and like and everything is a little bit darker
0: yeah i mean i was in in the various things i've watched so because some of the sets were different enough they could just use one set and then send the actors the next day to the next set while well, they redress for whatever but the movie they they like separated into two. Here's the yeah. crew for the last episode. Here's the crew for the movie. Like like the backstage crew. Like go for it. And apparently they got really heated at one point because the movie crew was like, "We need the bridge. Like you got to give us the bridge. We got to relight it." And then someone apparently was like, "Why do you have to relight it? <laughs> like why?" Can't it looks just, perfect. It's <laughs> fine. <laughs> um, and it's just it was Jonathan Frakes who who would like tell these stories. Had like comic cons and stuff that he thought it was so hilarious that they just they would have to run from one thing to another but because they knew their characters so well he was like oh well, it's fine for us we're just like okay what's this what's the script today like what's exactly the scene? but he was like it's a great way to end a show because it got crazier so the sadness you're feeling goes away because you're like i'm so tired <laughs> i'm fine to take a little break before the next movie like i'm not yeah. gonna be upset about it so it's pretty that's it's I just think I find those stories really interesting, the, the kind of behind the scenes.
1: It is really an interesting time in Star Trek history, for sure. I just say it's, it's never been like that again. There's never no. been it's like a show and a movie like with the same crew being is like working through it at the same time.
0: It's never been as popular. Like, that's the thing. No. They needed to get a movie out because they were ending a very popular series, season, season seven. It was still extremely popular. The writers just felt like we're, you know, we're. Pulling at strings here. We don't have any more stories to and
1: tell. And I think it kind of shows.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, but the you know the when they you know signed on with Paramount for movies, Paramount was like, great, get a movie out like next year. Like you're yep. ending this year, we want one out next year, like the year after the show's done or whatever. We want a movie, and they're like, okay, <laughs> I guess we'll do <laughs> we'll do that. Um, but yeah, it's it's it, generations can be rough at times. I, I mm-hmm. still enjoy it overall, but. You're right. I think First Contact wiped away all negative feelings like that was such a fantastic film. Oh, yeah. um, That I think I think that, you know, one of the things you might find in our debate is uh, the quality of film two impacts how you feel about film three. And then that makes film four feel like it's better because of your feelings for three. So, See, it's I, all I, I,
1: I, I think you could, you could say that. Except this time around, I watched Insurrection without having watched First Contact, and you felt know, First Contact. A... It's not like you've never—it's <laughs> like you erased. For
0: don't, don't do that. <laughs> you know, First Contact, like the back of your hand. You could probably like tell me right now, scene for scene, shot for shot, what happens in First Contact. Don't wouldn't, even... that, wouldn't that be fun
1: podcasting? That would be a great. We <laughs> could
0: just recreate first contact, shot for shot, saying the like, well, yeah. You know, we would have an audience of five people for that. Yeah, I was like, I'm not sure if those
1: five people would still be listening by the end of it, but probably not, probably <laughs> they would probably at least click
0: on it. <laughs> um, we do we do have some non-Star Trek talk to talk about, though. It's a few fan questions that we'll get to, and then we've got uh, we've got some great things to review today. Um, we both watched The Banshees of Inishirin. Um, that'll be kind of interesting to talk about. Uh, you've watched Babylon, which mm-hmm. finally, we've been waiting for someone to review it. Um So with the canary
1: in the coal mine. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, to
0: to get out and see Babylon. Hopefully by the time this airs, I've actually seen it, but but we'll see. Um, And then um, I'm also going to talk a few TV things. I've got two TV shows that I want to talk about. One, I have a bit of a recommendation for you, Tyler. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's right up your alley. Um, And then there's another one that I just want to talk about. So I'm going to do it. Perfect. No one could stop me. Um, <laughs> let's, get to, uh, let's get to those fan questions. A C- couple old ones here. Um, first um, comes from Jay. Uh, and Jay wants to know, for the next Screening Kingston episode that's Star Trek, I have a few recommendations of something that you could do. I'm still surprised to hear that Tyler has not tried Strange New Worlds. I think a review of at mm-hmm. least a few episodes of that would make a really great episode. And I would really love to hear an update on if Mike ever watched those episodes that Tyler recommended um, in the last Screening in Kingston podcast. Um, I believe you recommended episodes from uh, Lower Dax, right? I did, I yes. That's what he's referring to. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I haven't watched those yet, Jay. I will get to them, um, and I will give an update eventually. Maybe that's what I'll try to do for our debate episode. I'll just try to watch mm-hmm. the episodes you recommended and at least give kind of some thoughts to kick off the debate. Yeah. Um, but in terms of Strange New Worlds, I assume you still haven't gotten there.
1: Yeah, no, I still haven't. Um, but it, like, admittedly, of all new Star Trek, that's probably the one that I'm most willing and excited to like give it a shot. So I, I would definitely go for
0: it. <sighs> I think you should did not waste your time. <laughs> I watched, okay, listen, I watched the first episode, and then I watched the second episode. And I did catch myself going, oh, well, it's not, it's not too bad but there's just something about it i don't like and i listen to a lot of movie podcasts i know you do like yep. we, you know and someone gave their thoughts on strange new worlds and they put it in a way that i, I like i didn't know until i heard it that i felt this way mm. and they said yep it's definitely better than the star trek we've seen but i can't stand the characters because mm. the characters act like teenagers not <laughs> adults from an exploration ship, sort of militaristic, kind of how they behave in right. in Star Trek, like classic Star Trek, they yeah. act like teenagers. Every moment is wonderful. Everyone's excited. Everyone's saying something. Everyone has a quirk, um, and they're not fully fleshed like adults that have flaws, of course, and things mm. that happen to them. But they're not they're not mature, and they're not adults, and. Mm it's what for other people has made star trek i guess boring but he said i would prefer the boring star trek to this because the characters don't annoy me and the characters aren't humans like they're just they're parodies of nothing they're just nothingness they, they're not anything and i agree like that's the thing i don't like about strange new worlds is i every time you think like oh this this character saying something really interesting like i they like the next thing they do is let's go run around the ship And then they just run around the ship screaming, I'm so excited to be here. Like, that's just what it comes off as. And I don't like it. And I disagree a lot with the narrative that this is a more like inclusive Star Trek. I don't agree. I actually Mm. think it's I actually think at times it's quite offensive Mm. um, because it's it's not taking anything seriously and it's not giving us well-rounded characters. Like if you want to write a well-rounded character that you feel has been underrepresented, like whatever that may be, you can insert anything. But let's just say as a writer, that's what you feel. Mm-hmm. And you give us a pale nothing, like a caricature, mm-hmm. I think you're doing a disservice, not mm-hmm. helping or increasing or doing anything. Original Star Trek, Star Trek The Next Generation, Deep Space Nine Voyager did a good job of giving us well-rounded actual human beings mm-hmm. with flaws and quirks and different things that are interesting. Like we could sit here and probably talk about the characters of Star Trek till we're blue in the face. I think face. we have. but And we have. And we will continue <laughs> to do so. But... I think that Strange New Worlds fails to do a lot of things. And I, like, honestly, I do think for people who only care about, like, something surface, like, oh, well, it has representation, so therefore it's fine. Like, the quality doesn't matter. Then I understand why you're satisfied by this show. Like, I totally get it. I get why people are satisfied because that's the only thing that matters to them. I want more. I want really interesting stories with interesting character moments. And the most interesting thing they did with this was gave christopher pike kind of a t- ticking clock where mm-hmm. he knows his death is upon him at some point in time that's the only interesting thing they did and still he acts like a teenager <laughs> like he doesn't behave like this is torturing him at all where right. it sort of is but kind of doesn't but then he's just like i love my job for like no reason he'll just say that to people and it's like i don't i don't understand like they're trying to make star trek fun you know what i mean like they're tr- it's like yeah. they're going up someone saying this is so much fun you got to believe me and it it doesn't work for me.
1: That's interesting because I think Lower Decks has a similar like vibe to it, but it kind of works in the in, like the animation medium of just like especially for like Lower Decks people who are generally immature and younger and like not really good at their jobs. Um, when I look back at like the original series and what those characters were, like it's funny that most of the most of what those characters were were their jobs. Like they were an engineer, they were a science officer, they were a medical officer, and but then even through that, you were still able to kind of like you were getting their character based off how they did their jobs.
0: And bit by Um, bit.
1: Not all at once, bit Bit by bit, over time. Yeah. Um, As opposed to, like, things how TV is usually done nowadays, where effectively, like, in the first episode, every character has to have their defining quality that is going to, like, be the hook that you're going to want to care about them throughout the rest of it. Um, It's just a different way of doing TV. Um, So, yeah, I'm... I'm, I'm sad to hear that you didn't enjoy Strange New Worlds, but in hearing how you're you're describing it, I am intrigued to see if I will have a similar
0: response. <laughs> <laughs> I I I honestly think you you will probably feel at the beginning similar to me where you'll watch the pilot and be like, "Oh, okay. I see where they're going." Like yep. this could go and then as the episodes go on, I think you might start getting annoyed. But but we'll see. I'm interested to see your thoughts on it. Honestly, the only reason why I continue to bring up um, points about inclusion is mm. because it's the only thing people will write about, like on both mm. sides, like on the like yeah. far negative, with like Star Trek suddenly woke and people who are in Star suddenly. Trek are like, what are you talking <laughs> suddenly? What are you talking about? And that's true. That's like a dumb statement. But yeah. then also, it's to me equally dumb to have people be like, here's my think piece about what Star Trek is doing differently. If you're out there right now and you want all those things you think you're getting from Discovery and from maybe not maybe not lower decks cuz i think that's a bit of a different crowd even from what i've seen but certainly from strange new worlds and discovery go watch star trek deep space nine that's yeah. all i'm going to say everything is in there okay everything everything is in there they do a fantastic job of introducing characters throughout the whole run of that show they tackle issues that are absolutely not being tackled today um, but are important and are things that we want to, to hear. So go watch Deep Space Nine. That's my, that's my recommendation. Um, next question here uh, comes from Carter. Um, Carter's written in a couple of times. Uh, and Carter, this is a question for you, Tyler. Hmm. Um, Carter wants to know that at the end of the day, it's, it's clear that, Tyler, you're an original series fan. But in terms of the other series and what you've seen, how would you personally begin to rank them? I know you haven't quite seen or are not as familiar with everything, but from what you've seen, how do you feel about each of the other series that you've watched? So can you give a little like, you know, 30 seconds per series feeling on each of them?
1: Yeah, sure. So TNG is like, is the best series. It's better than the original series. Um, I have a lot of nostalgia for the original series. So which is why that one probably ekes it out simply because it's it's. Not only does it have a lot of the things that that makes TNG good, but it also has just oodles and oodles of nostalgia. So, um, so but I would say that TNG is probably the best series in terms of being able to manage all the things I love: the exploration, the really interesting ideas that are presented in episodic fashion, more of an ensemble is like where you have different characters is like that have their own uh, unique perspectives on things. Um, it's just it's it's the best. It's the best one. Um, D space nine, as I said during our, is like our unpopular opinions is probably lower ranked for me than most others, um, and most of that is because of a lack of familiarity. But as I said, so <laughs> it also has to do with like the exploration is downplayed. Um, I wasn't a big fan of like some of the like the main characters is like uh, at least from the little bits that I saw of them. And then that's also when we started to delve into more like long form storytelling with the Dominion War, mm-hmm. which was not really my bag. It's like um. Like you know, Star Trek has war in it. That's a thing. Is like for sure. That's that's a part of it. Um, but really, I don't find as like if if I'm looking for interesting space related like shoot 'em ups, as like, I don't think it's going to be Star Trek that I'm coming to, especially right. not a, a, t- a television series for it. Um, Voyager, I think, has one of the coolest premises as like for a as I like guess TV show, especially for a Star Trek as a TV show. It allowed you to go really really far out and explore all these new things. And I did watch quite a bit of Voyager when I was younger, and depending on the arc, like whether we were dealing with like the what they call the Kazon's, or we were dealing with the Borg, or the interdimensional nonsense, it's like my, um, it's like my enjoyment of the show is like tended to vary. But I really enjoyed the beginning, and I really enjoyed the end. So I do think that Voyager is probably for me, I enjoy it more than Deep Space Nine um
0: uh, and then your thoughts on enterprise I and then enter- yeah enterprise
1: <laughs> i said like, yeah enterprise you know enterprise is interesting because i've seen more of enterprise and more recently than i have the other ones and so i'm pretty positive on it right now um mm. it's like i can already feel the the wheel's starting to come off as i'm getting to the end of season three. Oh, oh you're <laughs> um, in season three okay yeah, yeah it's like uh in the way that it's kind of like i'm like okay like we were we had some good ideas we still have some good ideas in the time but we're getting to that point now where we're like okay now once again the, the plot needs to take over and I'm like oh, yes. I don't I don't want that <laughs> <laughs> um so at the moment enterprise is probably is like um pr- doing pretty well hovering in the same stratosphere as uh, d space 9 and Voyager but I can feel that it's already losing altitude so we'll see how it, how it uh, how we do at yeah. the end
0: I think season four bounces back a bit um season three gets rough but i do think season four bounced back a bit i mean i will say at the end of the day overall seasons one and two are the better seasons overall but four does recover some of what three did um so four does get like a little bit better i think but Mm -hmm. if you're looking for a show that's close to the next generation like enterprise is honestly the next closest one yeah that that isn't deviating like as much like it's a little bit more of a standard Star Trek. And I know I've mentioned this before, and I'll say it again, I really think you need to take two months off and just give Deep Space Nine another chance. Because <laughs> those characters grow on you. Like they, they really do over time.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think as like the next Star Trek project that I that I do that is like will be trying to get back into um, older Star Trek and watch Deep Space Nine as like a all the way through because I think I owe it to that series. It's like I haven't I haven't given it a fair shake for sure.
0: Yeah, hey, if we could figure out how to uh, monetize these kinds <laughs> of things, I would watch rewatch every Star Trek series with you all the way through and talk about it each week but i don't know if there's a crowd for
1: that well there is a there is i know a, there is a podcast called the uh, star trek incident reports or something like that okay. where they're, they're effectively doing that with the original series they're going through episode by episode hmm. um i haven't so there must be a crowd it. for it then it's like star trek you know we we are plentiful but we are quiet <laughs> it's tr-
0: and it's true like even for our star trek episodes like you know they're there's people still listen each yep. each week to it. It's just they're not as loud. Yeah, exactly. Uh, as, as they're they they not they're right.
1: not yelling about the Last Jedi from the it's like from the peaks of whatever hills they yeah. can find themselves on.
0: I I used to watch or listen. Sorry, listen. I used to listen to a podcast called Newbie Star Trek that mm. was two people who've seen the Next Generation and one person who never has, and they're oh. watching every episode from the beginning. But I kind of I had to stop. Like they were they had some really smart takes but I had to stop listening to it because they wouldn't stop talking about sex. Um, I think the three of them were just like, I don't know. Really like, Starved. <laughs> yeah. That's what I think. Like, I, I was like, I don't, I think you guys need to just. Well, if people. I
1: got a show for you, it's called Enterprise. <laughs> yeah, and whoever, yeah. oh, whoever wrote they're, they're that show. they to get
0: there eventually, I think. <laughs> that they were just going to start it next year. But I just, I'm like, not everything has to be as sexualized as you're, you're saying them. Yeah. they are, you know, but. Admittedly, that is baked into the
1: DNA of Star Trek from the early series. It was an incredibly horny show. I
0: guess so. Well, you know, it's lonely in space, I guess. I guess Um, so. All right. Last question here um, comes from Rooney. Um, and Rooney wants to know um, in terms of future plans for Star Trek episodes after the debate, if Mike and Tyler are still talking to each other, <laughs> do we know where Star Trek's going to go from here? I listened to the Star Trek episodes more than once. I really love hearing the takes, and I've actually learned quite a bit because you're both looking at it from such different lenses that I've never even thought about before. So keep it up. Hmm. Um, well, thank you. We will. That's very nice to hear. Um, Yeah, I don't know if we'll be speaking to each other after it, so I guess we'll have to...
1: Yeah, we might have to take a little break. Here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or maybe we have to bring Taylor on and we can talk to Taylor like to do each other through Taylor. Like Taylor yes. please tell Mike that
0: I don't agree with him. <laughs> you just <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. She'll love that. Absolutely yeah. coming coming from uh... <laughs> coming from from having a baby. I'm sure she would love nothing more than to police the two of us talking about <laughs> Star Trek. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't I, there's so many different ways that we can go and the good thing about Star Trek is so long as there's an audience for it. As long as you, Tyler, you're willing to come on the show, we can talk about Star Trek till the end of the time yep. because there's so many different directions you can go in. Oh yeah, um, like there's no end to it, really. Like I can't even think about what an end would be because that's the good thing about Star Trek is it kind of has everything.
1: Yeah, so. yeah, and and even with like as much as we degrade like the the Kurtzman love as like era Star Trek, like uh, they are trying new things, they are pushing new envelopes, and you know. I think one of the things that's really nice about it has something like Star Trek is that if you want to be here and gush about how great something is, Star Trek has that. If you want to sit here and just take shots at how terrible something is, Star Trek has that too. It's all often there. Often in the same episode. <laughs> Some, often in the same episode, definitely within the same series at times. So
0: yeah well that's the thing like that's one of the things i've always loved about star trek is in the same episode i can be sitting there and be like yeah i totally agree with this point of view you're absolutely yeah. right and then someone else will say something and i'll start questioning everything mm-hmm. yeah and that's isn't that what life is like questioning yeah. the way we think and changing and growing and learning and listening to others. And that's what Star Trek is. So yeah,
1: it's one of the great things about a lot of the episodes is that they allow that ambiguity of like who's right to exist. Unlike when they try to take those type of stories and put them into a movie, let's say insurrection where it just suddenly is like, now there has to be an obvious correction. Is like correct a choice? Because we need a third act action sequence, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: But Hey, you can, you know, you can have, you can have everything. Um, <laughs> But thank you, thank you to everybody for for your Star Trek fan questions. Sorry it took us so long to get there, but uh, yeah, stay tuned. Sometime in the the next little while, probably not too long after this episode airs, we will have our Star Trek episode up, uh, and we will debate those two films, Insurrection, uh, and the other one. Um, So uh,
1: (laughs) you shall not be named. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, um,
0: but yeah, I think I think we can all agree that the world would be a little better if everyone just put down whatever else they're working on or get off your lazy butt and go watch some Star Trek. Agreed. Um, Okay. Let's talk some movies. We've got a couple different movies to go through and some TV recommendations. So before we get into that, because just to, for, so I don't forget, I do want to quickly recommend a television show Mm. because this will be very quick. Um, But I don't know uh, if you've, you've heard of this. I don't know if you're much, are you a big TV watcher?
1: Um, no as i i I used to be a lot bigger into tv but now i have so little time anyway that's like that i usually tend to watch movies or like do inane nonsense like watch youtube videos like it's like those are my two settings either i have mental capacity and so i'm going to watch a movie or i don't have mental capacity and so therefore i'm going to watch hot ones on youtube or something like that (laughs) (laughs) okay well (laughs) (laughs) jumping off of that um
0: there's this there's this show on AMC um, mm-hmm. called Kevin can F himself.
1: I, I have heard of this. This is You've the one this? with, this is the one with um, uh, from the person from Schitt's Creek.
0: Yes. Yes. Um, so I now, Have you seen any of it then? No, or, I haven't. Or, haven't heard of it it, okay. But okay. It's,
1: it's an interesting premise though.
0: Yes. So the entire show takes place in two completely different, like cinematic and, and movie worlds from Kevin's perspective everything is a sitcom. It's like a multi-camera sitcom, right? Multi-camera sitcom, bright lighting, laugh track and all. Um, And Kevin is this kind of fun-loving guy who gets into these troublesome things and like kind of annoys his wife, but in a funny way. And then in mid-episode, you switch perspectives to Allison, Kevin's wife, Allison. They've been married for a while and she absolutely hates Kevin. (laughs) And her perspective—it's an AMC drama, and it's filmed like an AMC drama. Yeah. And sometimes this happens mid scene, where he'll say something and do something and walk out of the room, and then cut you into a new perspective. And I think it's so brilliant. And the show itself is kind of okay. Like it's it's a it's a comedy. And it's a dark comedy and the sitcom thing is really well done. Like very, very well done. Like it will remind you of any 90s, 80s sitcom. Like it's very, very well done. Um, The content of the show kind of is hit and miss. Like some episodes I'm I'm more into and some I'm not. But the concept and the way it's executed is something that you will appreciate. Like if there's one person I could think of who would appreciate the way this is done, it's you. Because it's just weird enough that... The way they choose and the moments they choose to switch, it's so interesting. And the worlds are so different. Like he lives in a sitcom and she lives in an AMC drama. (laughs) And the things that happen, like she kidnaps someone at one point in time, like the things that happen are so different, but they they exist in each other's worlds. And even characters will behave one way from his perspective and behave differently from her perspective because they're in the various worlds. Um, And it surprised me. It really did. I didn't think that, like, looking, I'm like, this show's not going to be that good. But I heard a lot of good things about it. Mm -hmm. I watched a couple episodes, and I actually recommend giving it a shot.
1: Well, that's great to hear. I love everything about that description. There's a reason why um, it's like, uh, oh, what was the, it's like the one with, um, oh, WandaVision was my favorite Marvel TV Mm -hmm. show because of that kind of, like, attention to being able to really, like, capture the niche of something else that exists. And then using it in this way to kind of like put a lens on the ridiculousness of the like sitcom relationship from the 80s yeah. and 90s, I think is a really cool idea. And uh, I think the the title is based off of the Kevin Can Wait, which which yes. was like an actual like sitcom very similar to the like that kind of setup. Um, yes, yeah, I love it. Yeah. I love it. That's-
0: Whatever refers to, but I never, I never saw that. Like I don't, I didn't no. see anything. Uh, I, I don't
1: feel sitcom. like you need but to. I feel, I feel we've no. we've all seen that. Even if we haven't seen Kevin can wait, we've all seen Kevin can wait.
0: Oh yeah, and the sitcom. It doesn't matter which sitcom you you, you have seen, you would recognize. Yeah, you know, like the things that happen and even the set and everything. But then the switch to the AMC drama, and like I'm saying, AMC drama. Like the things that happen, you would think you're watching an AMC drama, but it exists right. in this world. It's it's so fascinating. Um, it's, you know, last season, 2001 and 2002, I think, are the two seasons. I don't think they're doing any more. Like, that's, mm-hmm. I think the whole idea was it was going to be a short-run thing. But you never know. Yeah. It's get, starting to get pretty popular. They might throw a third season in there. But both seasons are out now. On You can, like, stream it on AMC um, or any affiliate that gets AMC. I, I Sometimes Disney Plus has AMC stuff. Yeah. So if you have Disney Plus, I think it might be on there. Okay, cool. Yeah, I will definitely give this a I'll give it a look,
1: especially because yeah. it's only two seasons. And like, that's another yeah. big problem I have when it's like, you should watch the show. It's 11 seasons long. Like, <laughs> yeah. are they at least 30 minute episodes? episodes?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, but you know, but how many times have you rewatched The Next Generation?
1: yeah but you know that's like once again it's about like how much bandwidth do i have <laughs> yes, that's true. it's
0: very true it's very true but yeah it's called kevin Canaff himself I'm, i am giving it kind of a, a slight recommendation i will say i don't think the content of the show interests me as much as the concept and i do and yeah. yet it's kept me coming back because i'm like oh i wonder how they're going to do like the like everything everything as things progress how are they going to incorporate this into the sitcom like all that yeah. stuff it's really cool so there you go That's my first quick TV recommendation, and then I'll have one at the end. But let's chat um, about some movies. Uh, We both watched The Banshees of Inishirin. Let's talk about it. Uh, Tyler, go first. Give us some thoughts on this uh, very interesting movie.
1: Yeah, so this is uh, the newest by Martin McDonough, the same guy that did uh, Three three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, as well as In Bruges. I went into this not really knowing much except for like the general premise, which is the idea that like, it's about two men who are living in on an Island in Ireland. It's like, um, back in like the 1920s. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And, uh, for some reason they're, they're fast friends, but for some reason, one day, one of the two just decides he doesn't want to be friends anymore. And it's about kind of like that bubbling over in really strange and very dark ways that I did not really see coming. (laughs) Um,
0: yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that. A bit. Yeah, it's a,
1: it's like it's, <laughs> like it's a, it's definitely not a straight drama in the way that, um, like it's got Martin McDonough's like classic, uh, like screenwriting like panache. He like he really likes to have a little bit of like wit and charm in his stuff, so it is like very amusing and funny at times. Um, but for the most part, it is it tends just to be very sad, and uh, I wasn't really ready for that when I watched it, but I didn't, I did appreciate it for sure.
0: Yeah, I, I appreciate god you, the way you say things sometimes like they're just so accurate um <laughs> i feel like i have to just repeat you and be like yeah that's my feeling like i appreciate the film for what it was mm. i appreciate the quality of it i had to i had to unfortunately just because of business i had to watch this movie in three chunks oh yeah um, on disney plus because i just did i really wanted to see this in theaters but yeah. no movie theater near me got it yep yeah. they kept showing these other things i'm like i don't want to just have avatar in 27 theaters or like i mean i guess i could see this clown thriller thing from the 80s but i don't i've never heard of it so i had to watch it on disney and i had to watch it in three chunks because i was just so tired Mm. um and i think i just i got a little fed up with the movie at one point in time where where i just felt like can you get to it (laughs) <laughs> like and I just like I really like to know why he doesn't want to talk to him I really like to know what both their problems are and how this is going to end like can you just get to it and I felt like it never for me fully got there I would I left kind of feeling like oh this movie kind of just ended and I'm not 100 on board with it even though I can appreciate the quality of what I was seeing especially the performances mm-hmm. like I can't I I can't say enough like how good <laughs> and like yeah. strong these performances are from everybody like right
1: across the board like it's, it's anyone who was bad no it's, it's one of those scenarios where like the, probably four actors from this movie are all going to be nominated for oscars and it's kind and, of in, and in, you insane. like well
0: deserved like yeah. you believe it you're, you're yeah. not like why are you getting nominated it's like i hundred percent white because those especially I think I know the four you're talking about. Yep. They're great. But then everyone else, like the the the, the pub the, the pub the barkeep pub guy. He's,
1: he's and the hilarious. two the two people that keep on repeating each other, they keep on yes. we're on your side. Yeah, we're on your side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: And the the priest. Oh, the guy <laughs> the confessional just trying to get it. <laughs>
1: Or the gossipy like woman who runs the convenience store who yes. gives us like, you guys never bring any talk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every, like, everyone's so good. Like the yeah. And the movie's well done. And I do think it was well written. I mm-hmm. just, I wanted something. I yeah. wanted some sort of, this is the definitive reason why this is happening. Like, I thought, okay, is he dying of something and trying mm. to detach from people? Is he going through some sort of, personal thing that we don't know about like are they going to relate this back to the war a little bit more but he just kept doing things and and the dark things that he did i just thought why though (laughs) it's hurting the thing you say you want to do more you want to do your music and you're impeding yourself like what i don't like what did you think of the dark turns and stuff like without giving too much away obviously yeah we're still finding this movie but what did you like think about those So
1: I thought it was really interesting because another thing that that I knew about this movie going in is that it's like this small like melodrama between these two men is taking place um, with a backdrop of the Irish Civil War that's happening is like on the mainland, Um, which is like, which was after like um, Mm -hmm. Ireland won its independence from uh, from Britain. There was this like a moment where they were having arguments about whether or not they should sign this treaty with England, which would effectively allow England to maintain some sort of like, title like they would lose most of their power over ireland but they would keep like a title of sovereignty um and there was the hardliners that were like absolutely not and there were the people that were like oh, okay maybe like you know like if it gives us peace and then from that the civil war broke out between these two sides and it's one of those like really silly things when you look back on you're like how the heck did this did we allow this to happen? Like the, the, did humanity allow this to happen that like these, and it, it was so like, like so many Irish, like, um, issues that have happened, like the troubles or whatnot, much later, it was like on the streets, it was between family members. It was really mm-hmm. intense. And it was all for reasons that were like kind of silly. Um, and so for me, like the fact that this interpersonal relationship is taking such dark, drastic turns. And while meanwhile on the mainland, it's happening for a much bigger reason. Um, I thought was actually kind of interesting especially because i i think i know that you hate when i when i do this in the way that i'm saying like i don't think you're meant to feel like a satisfactory answer to why this person has made these decisions
0: yeah you're right supposed, i do like when you say that it,
1: exactly i know i know you do. <laughs> is it, you're you're supposed to feel kind of like colin farrell's character who feels like unhappy and silly but at the same time there is like a, a feeling of an autonomy right like a person should be able to decide how they spend their time um and so, like, it's one of those scenari- scenarios where everyone in this movie is doing things to help themselves, and they don't want to hurt anybody, but they are inadvertently hurting everyone around them because they're trying to get what they want. Yes, um, which is
0: which is like clear yeah. as to what's happening. Yes, yeah. that that he's hurting kind of everybody. But
1: but not just yeah. him though. I feel like Colin Farrell's character is also is like is also hurting people. I think even his sister, who makes some decisions later on about what she wants to do with her life, also causes harm to other people. Mm-hmm. It's like um and so like everyone is kind of making decisions for them, which you're supposed to do. You have to do as a human, but in doing so, they are hurting the people that they purport to love. And I think that that is like a the thing that makes it tragic. The thing that makes this tragic is not really the for me the the darkest turns of this, which are still very tragic but it's just kind of what it says about humanity in general that even if you're trying to be the nicest person in the world you're still going to end up hurting people because if with a you're an agent of an agent of chaos
0: as we all are (laughs) what a what a terrible message um i think i i yeah and i i can appreciate where this movie's going i appreciate like a, a writer wanting that to be the main point and trying to get it across. And I can even see as you're stating it, like where they're coming from. Like, I'm not going to deny that. Okay. I can see what you're saying. It's not that it, you know, necessarily went over my head, but I was never thinking about it in the way you were. Yeah. And then coming to the end of the movie, I did want a little bit more realism shoved into it. Mm-hmm. Cause I felt like as we were going along, it kept getting faker and faker for me, mainly the reaction and the way he was sort of behaving about all the stuff that was happening to him. Like he was doing yeah. it to himself. Um, and, and that, um, and that's Brendan Gleason's character. So I, I was like, this is like, where's the screaming and pain? Where's mm. the, the, you know, infection where's the yep. something. And it just felt like, it's, it got so devoid from reality to me where it started off in a very like realistic place that I kept being taken out of the movie, taken out of the movie, and just wondering like, okay, but what, where is it going to come to some sort of a climax, which most mm. stories have, yeah. where we finally get to a point, and I felt like what I think was the kind of third act climax was kind of, eh, okay, that's, you know, you, you did exactly what you said you were going to do. Yeah. There's no real surprises here. There's no real shocks here. And then the movie kind of ends, mm-hmm. and I just, I just, uh, and the hurts remain. Off. Yeah, and, that's, and that's, yeah, just, exactly. That's and I just turned, I, yeah, and I just turned the movie off and went okay. <laughs> Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> Got to yeah. go record with Tyler now because <laughs> I haven't uh, I just finished it this morning. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> yeah, I think for me the reason why is like um the kind of like what you're saying like the unrealism of the of the latter half of the movie didn't really hit me that hard is because I think Mark McDonough's like dialogue already has that kind of like Coen Brothers esque whimsy to it. It's pretty can, funny. The dialogue yeah. is pretty
0: funny. There's the,
1: like there yeah. like there's the line that's in the trailer, which is pretty great. It's like, I just don't like you no more. It's like, well, you liked me yesterday. It's <laughs> <Like, laughs> yeah. just like that sad, like <laughs> it's just a simple response in that way, delivered by Colin Farrell with his like native accent, is just so great. Um, but I think that because that dialogue is so like inherently whimsical, there's this kind of like bumbling nature to everything in this. Where these people are speaking grandiosely about, like, memory and living on and eternity and what you want to do with your life. Meanwhile, they're, like, trapped on this small island. And there's a great moment where one of the characters is, like, just is, like, fed up. And she just, like, screams, you're all so boring, you know? <laughs>
0: and
1: I feel, like, that juxtaposition between these, like, really weighty, hefty themes and just the ineffectiveness of the people in it is like made it so that this already seemed kind of surreal and absurd to me. So when it becomes more and more absurd, I'm like, yeah, this is following suit. This is kind of where I expected this was going to go.
0: Yeah. I guess I just, I did see that as life where I'm like, well, yeah, people are pretty boring. Like that's, that's like (laughs) real life. Like that's, I mean, again, that's the, I guess, I guess that's what's difficult about the things that I'm saying is that I know that movies aren't real and Mm -hmm. I'm, oh, Okay with that because real life is boring but when a movie presents something that seems real and real life is boring so i was like okay yeah these characters are boring but like again that's real life they they would be boring people um and i guess i didn't mind that and then yeah i just things that kept happening were kind of taking me out of the moment Mm. where i felt like okay we're getting more absurd okay we're getting more absurd um what's gonna kind of happen next and then nothing really did um, but yeah, I mean, I guess if that was the point, well done. Yeah. I left feeling sad and, and miserable. So great work. So um, like a,
1: a perfect Tyler experience at the movies, right there, is what you're describing. Exactly. <laughs> I,
0: I'm not mad, but I'm miserable. Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't it doesn't infuriate me like some Tyler movies. But That's true. Uh, yeah, I could I could see I could see it now. <laughs> this the movie going dark and the director coming up and everyone else leaving and you just sitting there yeah just sort of trying to self-reflect as life happens around you um okay so at the end of the day what what are you gonna when are you gonna give this film
1: i'm, I'm this giving film. this one a big see it i i think it is actually probably one of my favorite movies i've seen in the last like couple months um and i do think that it's like it is it has a very particular wavelength that I was able to like kind of match and resonate with early on mm-hmm. that like took me through, I could see this movie being like semi insufferable. If, <laughs> if uh, the wavelength and you are, are even off by a little bit as like as you go through.
0: <laughs> I, I really wanted to give the movie a see it because I do, I can appreciate the talent and I can appreciate really solid writing and a high quality of film and i understand why it's going to get nominated for things i just have to give it a stream it because Mm -hmm. i feel like watching it at home you can take breaks if you want to you can go back to it if you want to and i don't think there's anything that i would need to rush to the theaters to see this Mm -hmm. so i am going to give it a stream it and the performances elevate it like you're watching fantastic acting across the board You're watching a high quality movie not like some of the garbage i've seen um so yeah i'm gonna give it a streaming
1: yeah that's fair and and i i think we can't move on before we highlight the the true best performance of the movie which is jenny the donkey um who gives a great performance
0: knew you were gonna bring up this thing i was really disappointed by the donkey actually
1: you don't like jenny
0: no i was very disappointed by jenny i thought jenny did not do a great job um i've heard Uh, a lot i think part of it was the hype i've heard a lot uh, about jenny and everyone talked about jenny and jenny didn't do anything
1: what are you talking about? Jenny was Jenny just living her life, and they Jenny caught just it on popped camera. Popped her head
0: in the <laughs> in the window every once in a while, she's, and we're we living we're her, life. Giving her praise.
1: She's she's <laughs> living her life. She's bringing it real before the very artificial setting of a movie set. It's like and uh, and as uh, we went through, she was just uh, she was showing us how to live. Can and I know, be I honest with that. you? Can I be
0: open? I'm just so jealous of Jenny because. <laughs> I don't get that much praise for just existing. I would love to just walk around and pop my head through a window and just kind of look at what's going on. Everyone be like, great job. Well done, Mike. Way to exist.
1: I think you need a little bit more positive reinforcement, maybe. In your life, that is what you I think. I feel like this isn't a Jenny problem. This is, it is a
0: Jenny problem because she didn't do anything. Everyone's been pray- all I've heard about is Jenny and his Golden Globe speech. Uh, Colin Farrell talking about Jenny, and I'm like, wow, what is the what does this goat do? And it's not even a goat. It's like a miniature. Uh, donkey. It's a donkey. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a goat. It's a miniature donkey. It's not even a fully, it's not even a full grown donkey. A miniature donkey. She isn't even useful at carrying stuff, and doesn't do anything, and has been getting so much praise. And I'm yeah, like,
1: okay, she doesn't let her stature define her life.
0: <laughs> no, oh, she, she no and she and she makes more money than I'll ever see, and she's gonna be a star.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear? She's already retired. It's like one and done. Oh, this
0: this is one and done.
1: Yeah. Oh, she's she's
0: pulling a, a one and done. Okay. Yeah, yeah. she's li-
1: she's living her best life on some farm somewhere. And uh, I bet you I, she doesn't need to ever work again, though. Like no, that probably day, not. You know, she, she made enough carrots life. out of this that I think yeah. she's pretty much set for the rest oh, of her.
0: Live her best life. Okay, well, that's yeah. fine. I mean, she's not... Again, what would you do, like, in reality with a miniature donkey? Like, they can't do anything. They're not no, useful. I,
1: no, they're a very silly thing to have. I, f- yeah. I feel like <laughs> donkeys sometimes are used as... Um, they're uh, integrated into a sheep herd because they tend to get very protective over sheep and and, um, can be like a, a, like a last line of defense. So that's why you'll often see donkeys in like pastures with sheep, even though the donkey does nothing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Something tells me
1: that, yeah, something tells me that Jenny couldn't really uh, uh, take on a wolf though.
0: No, I don't think Jenny would, uh, would do well against a wolf. Um, Okay, uh, talk to us about Babylon. I'm very excited to hear your thoughts on this.
1: Uh, Babylon. Um, so I so I saw this movie uh, at the like Cineplex Varsity and the Manual Life Center, like downtown Toronto, and they were showing it in 70 millimeter. So it's like the the widest, like a very wide, uh, like film stock, and so it, it mm. tends to be very high resolution. And uh, I was one of six people in a theater that could probably fit a hundred easy. Um, it's like, and we like this is
0: exactly what's been going on with Babylon, too. Ex- exactly,
1: <laughs> it is the internal struggle for Babylon. And it was funny because this huge theater, and like I'm sitting there in the perfect seat, I'm very pleased with myself, and two people come in and sit right in front of me, like directly mm-hmm. in front of me. I'm like, what are you two <laughs> doing? <laughs> And then the, it's a husband and wife duo and the, the trailers start and the man is laughing louder than I've heard anyone laugh in my life at the trailer for the movie Cocaine Bear that is coming oh, out yes, soon. Oh, yes,
0: Cocaine Bear, yeah
1: And I'm sitting here wondering, I'm like, what? Are you? Okay, you know, we all contain multitudes. A person can be both very into Cocaine Bear and into Babylon. I myself will probably give Cocaine Bear a try when it's like it shows up in the smaller theaters. And then the movie starts and and 10 minutes in, he turns to his wife and very loudly says, what did you get me into? And I thought it was like, I'm like, yeah, that's that that is that is going to be the the kind of vibe from this man for the rest of the movie, because this movie starts hard and it does not stop for like okay. two hours. It is just it like it's like it's not even like, a you know, like a race where like you start the race. It's like the the marathons where like the people start running way back. And then when you actually get to the starting line, you're already in a full sprint, and is and it just goes. And um, I'm not sure if that'll work for everyone, but man, yeah. did it work for me! <laughs> was... Oh, did it? Okay,
0: yeah. <laughs> I was wondering if this was was, was going to be a oh I agree with everyone type of thing, or if this was going to be Tyler in a different direction. Because...
1: So yeah, <laughs> I would I would say like uh, so for those who don't know, Babylon is like the newest by uh, Damien Chazelle, the director of La La Land and First Man and Whiplash. Um and uh, he is really fascinated with old Hollywood, and this movie is effectively tracking the transition that Hollywood did between, like, silent era films and the talkies, mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. in doing so, at the same time, there was also a transition in the kind of flavor of Hollywood from this, like, excessive, debaucherous nonsense, like, one long party that was constantly happening during the silent era, transitioning into this, like, era of sophistication and, like, toned down sensuality and morals and all that sort of stuff. Um, And it's about these like five characters who are basically making that transition and having different levels of uh, success as they go Mm. through. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's like, that includes Margot Robbie, Brad Mm. Pitt, Um, And then a couple of other it's like um, people that I'm not familiar with the actors, but one of them who I wanted to make sure that I got his name was uh, Diego Calva, who is actually the main character of this movie, which I did not know going in because all the promo has been about Margot Robbie. (laughs) Um, And uh, yeah, this movie effectively sets out to encapture what it was like to be in this like never ending party in Hollywood and then watch as it slowly comes off the rails and like grinds to a halt. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, and um, I think the movie actually follows suit really well in the way that the first two hours are probably the best movie I've seen in a very long time. And the last hour um, is just a complete mess that that uh, is also kind of uh, fascinating. So...
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's the mess that works for you, though. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's it.
1: the kind of mess that would work for me in the way that it's a, a lot of big swings that have tentative ties to the thematics of the, of it, but really a lot of it are just kind of very strange visuals. Um, And when you get to the end is like, uh, there is like a very like interesting final sequence that is supposed to sum up a lot of themes about the kind of juxtaposition between the power of movies that is like constantly has to be married with the human cost of making them. Um, and I think that that is like the overarching theme that you can feel throughout all of the different stuff, even as everything's breaking down, you can still kind of like, uh, have this singular touchstone to come back to. Um, but I, I don't even, I've sat for hours thinking about how I would try to rate this movie in your set, your setting, because I feel if I tell people to go see it, I'm sending them off. I'm sending lambs to slaughter.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, to clarify, all right, to, 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 so I can clarify this once and for all, because I, I thought this was a better system than a numbered system. Yes. Because that can get, I that can get a little strange. Yeah. This is all about whether or not you yeah. would say, Hey, I want to see this in a movie theater. I'm glad I saw it there. It's a, it's worth going out to see right now. Mm-hmm. It's, it's something you don't want to miss. Versus yeah. streaming it, being like, "Hey, it was good, but like, watch it at home. Like, it doesn't like, it's not gonna change anything, yeah. and then it gets worse from there." So again, if you really liked the movie and you thought it was great and you had a lot that you took, then it to me, it's still a see it. Even if you're yeah. not necessarily, you can, you, you know, you're you're Tyler. You're gonna pull something <laughs> weird anyway and say we'll see it. But if you're this, you can do this. like it doesn't, you know, it's it, the mating should be about what you thought, and then you can give your recommendation kind of from there. Right. So in that case,
1: I would definitely give it a see it, but I would like, I would give it like a very strong see it in the way that if you're ever going to see this movie, you should see it in a the theater. It's like, it's similar to like, you know, what they say about like Avatar 2 is like, which I agree with, but like only much more so for this. I think if you're ever going to see Babylon, you should see it in a the movie theater. Um, because it's just like a whirlwind experience. It's, it's in completely... And I'm not, I don't usually like the form of like film criticism nowadays that's on YouTube where effectively people just describe how crazy something is and that's <laughs> supposed to be like the movie. Um, mm-hmm. But I think what really works for this is that all of that craziness is backed up by such an obvious level of craft. Like It's not like they're just taking a handheld camera and running through a huge debaucherous party like shaky cam style and be like, look at how zany this is. It's really intricately planned out one, like one takes that slide through as like these huge sets filled with extras. It's just the audacity on screen is, is, uh, is really impressive. And uh, the score for it that, that accompanies it is going to win an Oscar. Like it's, it's it's going to win the Oscar for this. And if it doesn't combo, I I, I will (laughs) riot.
0: No, like, I mean, honestly, like I think it's Justin um, uh, Hurwitz, I think. And yep. he teams up with Damien Chazelle in all his movies. So yes. and he and he almost always wins. Yeah. So they clearly know what they want. Um oh, yeah. very, very quickly, can you can you just quickly run through about uh how some of these actors did, like Brad Pitt mm-hmm. and Margot Robbie's performances?
1: Yeah, so Mar- Margot Robbie, like if she wasn't already a star, you would say this was like a star-making performance. It was like mm-hmm. she's um there is like a lot of like hints from other performances she's done. It's got a little of uh Tanya Harding, it's got a little of Harley Quinn in it. But really, it's just, it's this magnetic performance, like her character shows up on screen and like someone says like, sorry, it's like, uh, are you a star? She's like, yeah, I am a star. It's like, well, you're going to be a star. She's like, no, you either are or you aren't. And I am. And it's like, and I think that that kind of sums up everything about this character and that performance really well. Um, Brad Pitt is doing his kind of like, you know, uh, Cohen Brothers uh, doofus mixed with like, uh, it's like a little bit of the kind of like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, like, uh, like, Soft tragedy in the background of like a person right. who's kind of coming to the end of a, as like of a, of a really great run mm-hmm. um and I think he does a really good job. he wasn't the highlight for me um and then meanwhile like Diego Calva is just like is crucial to this movie because as everything is spinning out of control in so many different directions, you need that stable person in the center to be able to look around and say, "Huh, this is crazy <laughs> and I'm like and he does such a good job at that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. You always, you always need that person to say, this is crazy. Yeah. Um. Okay, cool. So there you go. That's Babylon. Uh, there, there's your see it yeah. from, from Tyler. Yeah. Um, so very, very quickly, I just wanted to quickly bring up that I'm really enjoying the last of us
1: oh, uh, on cool.
0: HBO. I thought that it was um, such a well-done pilot, especially um HBO, did, did, as far as I'm concerned, has done it again. I just wanted to bring up that that was something else that I, I knew that I've tried. Yeah. Um, and you never know with HBO. Like, and I, I, you know, some of the shows I really enjoy and some that I don't. But to me, Last of Us kind of joins House of uh, the Dragon, where yeah. I, it reminds me of something that I used to love, which is The Walking Dead. Mm. And then The Walking Dead got really strange. Apparently it bounced back and got good. I'm not, I'm not there yet. I got to rewatch it. Um, but it reminds me of something that I had before, but it's so well done. The characters are well done. Uh, man, Pedro Pascal—he could do anything. Just, yeah, I, they throw anything at this guy, and even with even with when you can't see his face in The Mandalorian, right. he still can just act and emote. Um, so I, I really think it's a great performance. Um, so if anyone's looking to to hop on some some regular watching Sunday nights HBO um it's given me it's given me that show again something to look forward that's new every week that you can watch that kind of ends off your weekend which i missed having from game of thrones and i got a bit with house of dragon and it's kind of nice to have this again so just yeah. a shout out to a pretty good show
1: well that's terrific uh, had you uh, played the video games
0: no i knew the concept yeah I, because i they've been around for a while and i i played games here and there but i've actually never been hugely into that style of game mm-hmm. um but I've heard a lot about it. Um, people rave about it, and I knew the general story yeah. of, of The Last of Us. And you hear things here and there where people react like, "I can't believe this happened in the game." Uh, so I'm very excited to see what they do with the show because it sounds like some crazy stuff happens.
1: Yeah, it is. It is one of those like um, video games that, as soon as it was made, people were like, "Well, they're going to turn this into a movie," is it because it is the most like cinematic. Right. like game of all time. And as soon as like they said, like actually it's going to be a TV series, but like, even better. That's, gonna,
0: that's that's what we're looking for. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, but again, of course, even better because you long form storytelling. Yeah. You can take your time.
1: Yeah. You can that's take nice. your time and it's, and it's needed for video games because you like, there's such long stories that kind of span yeah. for such an extensive period of time. Yeah. Um, it is nice that we're finally getting like in the last couple of years, we finally be getting like good to great video game-related content, whether it's been The Last of Us or um, Werewolves Within, which is that great like Netflix horror comedy that came out last year, or even the Sonic movies or Detective Pikachu, which were not, like, yeah. masterpieces, but you know, they... But still better than what we've been getting. <laughs> they understood the brief and they yes. stuck to it. <laughs> like
0: I, I have to say Detective Pikachu was way better than I thought it was.
1: It was, it was so much better than it had any right to be. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And
0: Sonic as well. That's... Yep. It just joyful um thank you tyler uh again for giving up your time and and joining us here um one day i'll just stop thanking you um and And that's that's when you know you've made it
1: i've really made it at that point (laughs) um uh
0: again i i would say what else is going on but i don't know when this episode's airing but probably in the next couple of weeks we'll see you back for some star trek talk as we debate um our uh, our two uh unpopular opinions cool Um, and and who knows
1: some some of these movies might already be um be nominated for oscars by the time this comes out so we'll see
0: (laughs) possibly you never know you never know um thank you again and thank you to everyone for listening we will see you next week as taylor says go see some movies thank you for listening to the screening in kingston podcast recorded at cfrc at queen's university in kingston ontario queen's university sits on the traditional lands of the hanunoshabi and Anishabi peoples. We would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC Podcast Network.